after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. All right, Internet people, welcome to another episode of After These Messages, the podcast where we talk about TV commercials. The good ones, the bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this. Oh, your grandfather loved it when I wore leather. He was a very dominant man. I'm going to let that sink in for a little bit. All right. Has everybody washed their ears out? Let's get going. My name's Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Has. We are your co-hosts, and we're joining you from our temporary studios back in Seattle, Washington. Hey, Genevieve. Hi, Andrew. How do, how do you feel being back in the uh, the city of rain? Oh, well, you know, it was it was a little gray today, but I got uh, I, I got one of our famous sun breaks, which you have to like <laughs> dash out. And it's like, you know, all summer in a day when you're living in Seattle, if you, see the, if you see the sun come out. So. You sound really psyched you know, to be I'm, here. No, I'm psyched. I love I it. Forgo- I forgot about the term sunbreak. I'd never heard it before, yeah. I, before I moved to Seattle. It's what we have here I instead of actual it. sunshine. <laughs> yeah, it's a sunbreak. Well, let us be your sunbreak today. How's <laughs> <laughs> was that for cheerful? Um, speaking of cheerful, today's podcast. I'm sure you mean cheerful. Oh, <laughs> let's explain. So we wanted to just talk about some of our favorite and least favorite commercials today. Now, I know that's what we say we do every week, but usually we have some sort of a driving theme. But this time we just realized we have tons of commercials that don't necessarily fit into a specific theme, but there's just certain commercials that we're watching TV and we absolutely love them. And then there are those that make us want to throw our shoes at the TV. And sometimes we do throw our shoes at the TV. It's an old custom in our house. Um, so we were going to do a show just called Cheers and Jeers, where we just uh, kind of talk about our, our, our favorite and least favorite. But apparently there's this publication, like some obscure publication called like Television Guide or something like that. And they already have a Cheers. And did you know that? They already, there's already a Cheers and Jeers? Yeah, no, it's, it's called TV Guide. Um, you might have heard of it. Actually, does it still exist? TV Guide? Yeah. TV Guide still exists. And TV Guide Magazine. And by the way, they are different things. <laughs> I know somebody who writes for TV Guide Magazine, and he doesn't like it when you just call it TV Guide. Has but he anyway, heard about the internet? <laughs> <laughs> he has. Um, so we uh, can't use cheers and jeers. So you came up with the idea of uh, just calling it cheese and G's. <laughs> well, I'm from the South, and in, in the South, we drop our R's. So we just say <laughs> cheers and jeers. So let's go ahead and drop our R's and get going here. <laughs> All right. Cheese and G's. All right, Veeves, what's up first? What is our? We're gonna we're gonna start with a cheese, right? We don't yeah. want to we don't want to start being all negative, right? Yeah, we're gonna start with a cheese, um, and this is a uh, the Direct TV Settlers campaign. Um, I you, love this ad campaign. I love it too. They've had a few of them. Um, they, uh, you've probably seen them, but uh, if you haven't, the establishing shot is a sort of old-timey pioneer-style house set in the middle of a normal suburb, <laughs> and the family that lives in this um, old-timey house and farms there, uh, they're dressed sort of like uh, you know, uh, 18th-century pioneers, and they live very simple lives. And the 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 joke or the the gag is that they are settlers, and they have settled for having cable instead of direct TV, like all of their more modern neighbors. Whoa, father! Why can't we have direct TV like the McGregors do? We're settlers, son. We settle for things like having cable instead of direct TV. Hey, Jebediah, how's it going? Working the land. Hoping for a fertile spring. <laughs> All right. That's so, a neighbor. We have to live with lower customer satisfaction? I'm afraid so. Now, go churn us some butter, boy, <laughs> and then make your own clothes. Yes, sir. Don't be a sailor. Get rid of cable. I really, I really, and one of the things I really enjoy about these ads is the way that their um, their normal modern neighbors react to them, which is yeah, just sort of like, like bemused, like mm, okay. Now I want to play the the next one. I think it was the second one, the campaign that I like even more. Yeah, I love it so much. Funny. But before we get into that, there were actually we we love these ads, but. The folks at Adweek do not at all. No, it's interesting. I so I thought 
uh, DirecTV has done a number of campaigns recently or, you know, in the last few years that have, they've bought a lot of ad time. So if you've been watching TV, if you've been watching football at all, you've seen a lot of DirecTV ads. And of the Settlers ad, they say this, um, the work's time-tripping humor connects, though the tech-phobic Settlers seem more like Amish folks than pioneers. And a DirecTV ref uh, was asked about it and he responded, Quote, these ads take place in an alternate reality and aren't meant to be taken literally. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah, it does seem a little no shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then Adweek goes on, still, ultimately, these one-joke spots feel like placeholders while the client searches for a worthy long-term successor to its Rob Lowe campaign. Um, and we expect the settlers to quickly fade into history and not soon enough. Perhaps DirecTV should settle on one concept and allow it to evolve over time. So they really, they sort of went from being like, yeah, it's funny to like, boo. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I think it's great. I think it makes a sort of funny point about, you know, or it, it, it gets in a few good licks at cable, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I think they're pretty brilliant. It's not the first time that we've been a little bit out of step with Ad Week. Let's take a listen to this, this second one, uh, which I think is the, the crown jewel of the campaign so far. Dear, why don't we switch to DirecTV? Now, Mother, we are settlers. I've settled for cable all my life. But DirecTV has been number one in customer satisfaction over cable for 15 years. We find our satisfaction elsewhere. The boy has his stick and hoop. The girl, her faceless doll. <laughs> and you have your cabbages. And you have your foot stomping. I sure do. <laughs> don't be a settler. Get rid of Kimberly The girl, her faceless doll. <laughs> it's like a little girl just sitting in the corner playing with her faceless doll. Uh, fantastic ad campaign. All right, let's move on to some G's. Yeah. These are the uh, the ads that we don't love too much. Um, Jake from State Farm. Uh, Can I just... Let me start by saying this about Jake from State Farm. Is this the longest running goddamn ad campaign ever? I feel like I cannot escape it. I, like I, I expect this campaign to outlive me. <laughs> honestly, it's it, they have never stopped running it. I don't think it has ever been off the air since it started running. And I, I apologize. I should have looked this up before we started, but I'm going to look it up now. I, when this thing started running. Uh, it had to be years and years ago. This is the ad where there's a man talking on the phone late at night and his wife comes down. It's like 3 a.m. I think they indicate and his wife comes downstairs and she assumes that he's talking to some secret lover when yeah. really he's just talking to uh, Jake from State Farm about his uh, insurance options. So it says uh, that it's been, it was published on YouTube in 2012. Um, so it's been running for at least four years. I think it feels longer than that yeah, to me. Really, it feels like four hundred. But why don't you play it just for the one person in the audience who has somehow missed this ad? Yeah, I'm married. Doesn't matter. You do that for me? Really? Yeah, I'd like that. Who are you talking to? Uh, it's Jake from State Farm. Sounds like a really good deal. Jake from State Farm at three in the morning. Who is this? It's Jake from State Farm. What are you wearing, Jake from State Farm? Uh, khakis. We see Jake from State she's Farm. Well, she's a guy, so. So. Another reason more people stay with. Go ahead. Let me get into why I hate this commercial so much. Let I don't, me count the ways. I don't even think it's the worst concept. Although I think that uh, it has certainly been running for too long. So just, you know, in terms of shelf life, it is long past its sell-by date. Um, I find that the dynamic between the couple is very unpleasant. It feels to me the way it feels like when you're at somebody's house and they start fighting in front of <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, right, which right. It's very right. unpleasant. But mostly my problem with this ad is actually one of the writing. Um, I actually don't think the concept is that terrible. Like, it is sort of weird that the husband sounds like he's you know, getting a boner talking to the state farm guy at two in the morning, but you know, you know, to each his own. Right. So it's kind of funny that the wife comes in and is like, you know, Oh, what, you know, who is that? What are you wearing? The commercial kind of works for me up to the point where Jake from state farm, we flashed to him sitting mm -hmm. at his, in his cubicle and he says, uh, khakis cut. That's where the commercial needs to end. She doesn't need to say she sounds hideous, which is just a weird, ugly, line mm -hmm. and then for the guy for the husband to then go well he's a guy so it, it's like it's piling on it's it's clunkily written we've already hit the punchline and, the punch and now we're two lines past the punchline exactly like it's just it completely unnecessary so i think between the complete oversaturation and the clunky writing and the kind of unpleasant dynamic that they have here um, that's why it's G's for me all the way. Well, I have a State Farm ad that I 
hate, or <laughs> I, I, I would like to offer some G's to. This is the one where it um, is about a fella in his, well, I guess we, we see him kind of aging. It starts with him in his 20s, and he says, you know, he's never going to get married. He's never going to have kids. But every time he makes a proclamation like that, we see that he's happily married, and he's changed his opinion on everything. And then he's happily a father, and he's changed his, his mind about that. I'm going to hit play on this, and then I'll explain why I hate it. I am never getting married. Never. Guaranteed. You picked a beautiful ring. Thank you. We're never having kids. Ah! I love it here. We are never moving to the suburbs. No, they're in the we suburbs. We're never getting one of those. We're never having another kid. I'm pregnant. I'm never letting go. So if you've never seen that commercial before, he says, we're never going to get one of those. And he's talking about like the neighbors have a family, a boring family car. Then we see him washing the boring family car. And uh, and then at the end, he's happily on the couch late at night, snuggling with his family, his two kids and his wife. Now, if this whole commercial is set up (laughs) so that he's making proclamations of things that he's never going to do, like get married. Oh, but he is getting married. And then, oh, he's never going to have kids. Oh, he does end up having kids, et cetera, et cetera. Doesn't the end of this commercial make you think that I'm never letting go? Divorce he will town. eventually let go. <laughs> now he's saying I'm never letting go. So the next logical scene here would be him saying I'm leaving you. Take the kids. <laughs> I've met a stewardess. Right? I know we don't call them stewardesses anymore. By the way, well, it's when late. you leave your wife for them, they are called stewardesses. <laughs> right? Exactly. It's a little known exception to that. Now role. I feel like when we first started seeing this um, ad and. Um, I was complaining about it. I feel like you thought I was being a little bit like ad week a little bit with the settlers. Like I was taking it too seriously. But has me throwing shoes at the TV over this for the past year like turned you to see it my way? It is a it is a logical fallacy for what it says the exact opposite of what they're trying to say. First of all, our TV is buried in a pile of shoes. (laughs) I know. Um, You, You make sure that I only buy very soft slippers now, which is smart. I don't like this ad, although I think the thing that bothers me about it is not exactly the logical fallacy that you have with it. Although I see, I take your point and I think, yes, you know, you know, it is sort of like the logical conclusion. Like if they really wanted to, I mean, I I guess it's just, they're trying to be ironic, right? Like all these things he says he's never going to do are, are like trying to resist more commitment and resist more sort of. Uh, domestication and then at the very end he embraces domestication mm-hmm. um, so for now for now if there's a consistent logic throughout it it's that he he recognizes finally uh, the truth of himself which is that he is you know homo suburbanus or whatever <laughs> what I don't particularly care for this commercial um, is that it's just such a sort of it just sort of it's so brotastic like you know i mean no matter even as he until the very end when he kind of comes around to this idea that uh you know having a a wife and a family and a house and a car like if that's if that's not your bag that's fine it's not my bag but you know he's so he's sort of dragged into this life and then Mm -hmm. finally realizes that that's what he wants but he seems so miserable for all of it like (laughs) you you've had a real rough descent into hell there buddy before you finally realized it wasn't hell right right. like i just find him sort of an unsympathetic character and i also can't really connect it to insurance i mean i know the yeah they say at the end like for all those nevers in life like we do it but the the connection for me between the product and the the ad is a little bit uh, tenuous, whereas as much as I dislike that State Farm, Jake from State Farm ad, I can at least understand like he's on the phone with a customer service rep at three in the morning. That that's actually something that's like a feature that I would be find appealing if I didn't fucking hate those people. You would find that appealing. That's the other thing. I'm just kind of like, why why do we need to be on the well, phone with State Farm at three in the let morning? Let me tell you, the other day I was trying to change my cable. Um, mm-hmm. address because of the move and I had to I would like the only time I really had to call was something like you know 11 o'clock at night on a Saturday and I was like 
you know, boy, I'd really like Time Warner a lot better yeah. <laughs> if they had a customer service rep available right now. Yeah. Did you know that it's ironic that Jake from State Farm actually is a sex phone operator? It's a totally different job. Sure. It has nothing to do with his insurance job. But when you're a telemarketer for State Farm, like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make the most money in the world. Yeah. So I was actually doing some research and it turns out that Jake does like to talk people off at night for money as well. So that's kind of the somewhat ironic. Well, actually, what's really ironic is he has to do that during the day. <laughs> Because he's, he's got to work the State Farm <laughs> yeah, lines. Exactly, exactly. Um, all right. Well, let's let's stop being so negative. Let's get in some cheese here. This one, <laughs> I don't have a lot to say about 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 this one, other than I just think it's short, to the point, and a, a clever concept. And it is the Little Caesars scapegoat ad. I will say that there's something about Little Caesars commercials that really work for me, and I think it's only nostalgia, and I don't think I can give any credit to pizza, the, pizza. Yeah, exactly. I can't give any <laughs> credit at all to the current, um, with the exception of this one, maybe, to the, the current um, I just, ad Can I just makers. keep saying pizza, pizza? You can. Um, it's just that the, the term pizza, pizza, reminds me of my youth. It's got to be one of the longest running little taglines that they've just really stuck with. It's it's short, it's to the point, it's not super annoying. And when I see two little Caesar's pizzas next to each other and that little Roman guy saying pizza, pizza, I feel like I'm 10 years old again and my parents are going to get me pizza. I have not had a little Caesar's pizza since I was probably 10 years old. No, the last time I had one was when I, I rode a really fun school bus with a lot of fun people on it when I was what? a kid. Yeah. I know that this is true. Uh, when I was in grade school, I had to ride a school bus and I had kind of a long bus ride and our, our bus driver, Mrs. Hunter was a complete lunatic. <laughs> she would, she would do this thing. She would like speed up the bus and then slam on the brakes so what? that we would like intentionally, like we would, we knew she was doing it so that we would all like fly forward. You know, it was like the, we weren't buckled in or anything. It was dangerous. Was she do, she was doing it to, to, for it was fun for with fun. you guys. Oh for my fun. God. I miss the eighties. I feel she, so bad for kids who did not grow up in the eighties. She once got on the bus with a comb stuck in her hair and she said i just couldn't get it out this morning <laughs> so anyway we would have bus pizza parties we would all like we were you know great by the way we're canceling the rest of the show <laughs> just just talk about just Mrs. Tell, me every, tell me everything we were all you know we were kids and so we would have like a little bit of spending money and so we would pool our money and Mrs. Hunter would drive us to, like, after school on a Friday or something, she would stop before dropping any of us off at home, and we would stop at Little Caesars, because it was, like, basically the cheapest pizza you could buy, and we would get pizza, pizza. We would get pizza, pizza. And we would also get um, like a bag full of atomic fireballs, and then we would have um, we would have a pizza party, and then we would have a contest to see who could hold the most atomic fireballs in their mouth. I remember doing that. Yeah. So that was, like, a real fond memory for for wow. me of little caesars where's she now <gasps> jail i assume <laughs> um let's talk about this little caesars campaign i gotta say i really like this one i think this is a uh, looks like it is actually a 30 second commercial it feels it goes by quickly i thought it was just a 15 seconder um but apparently um little caesars has a special pizza that is wrapped with bacon outside around the crust which seems stupid to me like i don't want that product at all like i don't want to I don't eat pork, so it's a moot point to me. But even if I did it, did eat pork, or if it was a meat that I eat, I don't want to grab a food item that's wrapped in greasy meat. Yeah, because pizza. The nice thing is it has a handle. It has a right? handle. It right. comes with a nature made it with a handle. <laughs> right. That's why. That's that's the way God intended it. That's the it. way God made pizza. Um, that it was intelligently designed with the handle. <laughs> and so I think at taking away the handle just to like shove some more bacon in our faces yeah. is ill-advised. Well, yeah. And the pizza companies have been, I mean, again, ever since my youth, I feel like they have been trying to um, kind of make the crusts there's been all kinds of crust oh innovations my although that, i like, have to say need. i have had that cheese stuff crust and it is, i we used to get that i think was that pizza hut i think <laughs> I we got think that as a kid so. sometimes but remember th there was one company that uh just recently started putting little uh, hot dog chunks in yeah, the crust like a little like uh sort of like a ring of pig in a blanket like a like a corona of pig in a blanket yeah right right which i love pigs in a blanket but again not don't need it in the crust anyway um uh, uh little caesars here has created a pizza that uh is is wrapped with crust all the way around its perimeter but then they got rid of it and this ad campaign 
is them kind of apologizing for getting rid of the, the, the bacon-wrapped pizza, but they're not going to totally take the blame. They have somebody on staff who's going to take the blame, and his name is Chet. This is Chet Wallaby, Little Caesar's corporate scapegoat. A year ago, he took away the bacon-wrapped deep, deep dish pizza. Chet is terrible, but he's also terribly sorry. Can I just say that uh, I guess I should set up the scene a little bit. It's just two people like it's the spokesman we're seeing who's an el- an older gentleman uh wearing a you know a suit and he is um standing there with very good posture and to his left is uh Chet who is you know a young man probably like 19 maybe in his yeah. early he looks 20s like he's fresh out of the mailroom exactly exactly and he is very clean cut and he is just kind of standing there politely taking the blame and looking a little sheepish he's here to apologize for that thing he did that's his fault and not yours Aren't you, Chet? Please forgive me for whatever horrible error I made entirely on my own on your behalf. Chet uh, Mor- is it? Ch- it's not Chet Morton. That's from the Hardy Boys. Chet, Chet, Wallaby, Chet Wallaby also has his own um, Twitter feed, so you can go to Twitter and follow Chet Wallaby, who keeps on apologizing for all kinds of things, including the the fact that the milk in your refrigerator is spoiled. He's just taking the blame for that. He he apologizes uh, during the Oscars. He tweeted out that he's sorry that your favorite actor didn't win the little golden trophy. Um, so I don't know. I think it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty cute little commercial. It's not over the top, and it's got a nice little social media. Commercial. Component. All right. Cheese to Little Caesars. Which is so appropriate. Yes. Now, what is uh, next on the list here? You probably have something you need to go off your chest. Oh, you want to stick with food? You want to go with uh, Subway? Let's talk about Subway. You hate this one so much. I don't it's, I don't even know that I have an opinion. Actually, do you mind if I back up for a second? This is what's driving me crazy about this commercial. I know that at one point I had an opinion about this commercial because I emailed it to myself. I, instead of calling Jake from State Farm at 3 in the morning, I emailed myself Talk about this commercial, and it's the Subway commercial with fake weather news footage. They're calling it, they call it Submageddon. Submageddon. And I did not tell myself why I emailed it to myself, and um, possibly while drunk. And um, I watched it again today, and I neither love it nor hate it. So I don't know why I put it on my list, but I guess luckily I did because you hate it. I do hate it, although I don't know that if you hadn't sent it uh, to our email account, if if I would have even remembered that I don't like it. You know, it's sort of, it's not top of mind for me as something that I that I really loathe. But when mm-hmm. I rewatched it, I really do not care for it. Um, you know, you can play it, but the, the bit is that um, some Subway spokesperson talks about how uh, popular their new whatever thing is, foot long or whatever it is. But the media is going crazy with it. And then they have like your sort of stereotypical person reporting from a storm stricken city where she's like being blown around by the wind and saying like, it's getting really crazy here in the weather. So why don't you play it? And then I'll talk about why I don't like it. February is huge for us. All our handcrafted classic footlongs are just $6 each. Even our Subway Club and Chicken and Bacon Ranch melt. $6 footlongs are a big deal. But the media is going a little crazy. I am in the heart of what is now being called Submageddon with an incredible amount of accumulation inside that now seems to be spilling out on the streets. I have never seen anything like this before. Enjoy all our delicious. All right, listen, I would like to give this some cheese and G's. I, I, here's here's my um, here is my G's with it. Um, I hate anything. Ageddon. Yes. I mean, that has been so overused. Snowmageddon. Right. It's, it's uh, already a dead horse when they do it with actual weather. Yeah. So I absolutely hate that in our culture. I wish we could just like kind of like put that in a lockbox somewhere and never open it again. So so that does drive me it crazy. Officially jump the shark. Having said that, I actually think that they're acting their their parody of news weather people is actually kind of good. See, like she's selling it for it's me. It's weird. Like I'm that is exactly the problem that I have with it is that I find her um depiction of the the storm tossed reporter to be so over the top, so poorly rendered. Um and and just annoying. Um I, I don't I mean I don't have a great reason for disliking this ad except that I don't really find it to be a funny joke, and I don't think that she does a good job of delivering the joke that is there. Um, and, you know, we were talking earlier about the Ad Week response to that Settlers ad, that they they feel like, well, you know, they've had a lot of success with the Rob Lowe campaign. They need to pick a horse and, and stick with it. 
And this one is probably just going to be another flash in the pan for them until they settle on a new campaign that they really like. I feel the same way about this ad. It feels to me like a placeholder for Subway because, of course, as we've discussed in earlier episodes, Subway's in, in you know, total transition marketing-wise because they're a long-time spokesperson, you know. Jared Fogel. Jared Fogel. Who apparently has gained a lot of weight in prison, for whatever oh, that's worth. The I mean, the, the nutritional problems in prison are well known. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. It's like, I saw that headline. It's kind of like, oh, Jared, like there's some sweet irony in that. But it's actually, I can't. It's just sad because like yeah. that's true for, like, you know, this is really off topic. But, you know, I've, a lot of people have seen Making a Murderer um, and that scene in, in, towards the end of the series where the nephew... Uh, of Steve Avery, who's in, also in prison, um, comes back for a, a hearing. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, pretty skinny kid when he went into prison. And he's like put on probably 100 pounds. Yeah, yeah. And his and he's kind of his skin is breaking out. It's yeah. just it is it is a sad story about um, about what how we're feeding we, our prisoners. Yeah. Um, having said that, uh, can we reserve all future sidebars for stories about your bus driver? Because they make me laugh a lot more. <laughs> sure. and this is just making me sad. Um, but yeah, so to me, this this campaign or this uh and i guess it's a campaign they have a couple of them it it doesn't work it feels like a placeholder i it doesn't in any way connect me with the product and i just find the performances to be super irritating that said i mean it's not you know it's not keeping me up at night as i said if you hadn't brought this one to my attention i probably wouldn't have even thought of it yeah all right let's uh move on what else we oh no, wait, we can't do another G's. We just did a G's. So let's go on with the cheese. Now, you love this one. You've been talking about this one for years, and it's a commercial uh, that not only do you appreciate it, if I understand it correctly, for the way it's presented and, and you like it as an actual campaign, but it really makes you want to try the product. Big and that time. is not true for a lot of the commercials That's we right. talk about liking. Like, you know, the, the direct TV ads, like I love those settlers commercials. I'm not going to get direct TV. It just it doesn't work for my life and whatever. Yeah. But th- okay. I've talked too much. Let's talk about the cosmopolitan of Las Vegas ads that you love that are going to lead you to Sin City. <laughs> I have loved these ads from the day they aired. And I want to also thank uh, listener Maria, who reminded me of how great this campaign is uh, in a letter. I'm going to ask you to play it, Andrew, although there is no uh, actual dialogue in it, but the mm-hmm. the audio is still great. And then and uh, I'll talk a little bit about it after you just played the the music. And if you've ever seen it, this will definitely ring a bell. So if you haven't seen it, um, it depicts, you know, what the, the goings on in this cosmopolitan, I assume, casino and hotel in Las Vegas. It has a fantastic aesthetic. Um, it's got a little sort of, it's like cuteness wrapped up with like sexual transgression. It's... Um, when when you hear that do 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 part start, it's it's a elevator door opening with kittens and puppies spilling out of it, um, and there's all these people uh, dressed in sort of quasi bondagey style clothing. Um, it there you know their doors closing and opening, and at the very end, a woman I think in a very tight bustier opens a hotel door and just puts a lamb out in the hallway, and it's just like, what is happening yeah, right. in these rooms? And I think that their tagline is just the right amount of wrong. Th- these ads to me are the perfect amount of titillation and intrigue, intrigue, and it really makes me want to stay at this hotel. Let me be clear. I'm sure if we ever stayed at the Cosmopolitan, it would just be a night in a fancy hotel. I don't think there would be any like crazy adventures with animals or or whatever but but the whole the whole series of ads uh really focuses on these like sort of intriguing little vignettes like uh there's one where uh an old a very elderly woman is dancing with a very young man who you know you sort of implies he's a gigolo and she's squeezing his butt and there's like kittens and puppies running down uh, a staircase and it's just all these wonderful juxtapositions and images put together uh, in a way that I find so appealing, uh, and I and I don't even know how else to articulate it except that it really 
spark something. Well, I we've been trying to alternate between cheese and G's here, but actually <laughs> I, I can't separate it for some reason um, from another commercial that you absolutely love, and that's uh, the Dos Equis Most Interesting Man in the World Yeah, they have a similar aesthetic. Because in, in, in the reason it reminds me of that Cosmopolitan ad where there's something going on in this hotel, you can't tell what it is. It's generally rich, sexy people hijinks, basically. Yeah. And we have the most interesting man in the world, and they, they're like, they go and they knock on somebody's door and run away, and it just kind of has the same kind of like fun, frivolous, just slightly naughty feel to it. Yeah, and um, I play this ad, but I, I, I have a couple things to say about uh, that campaign after you play it. Okay, so this is a different one. Though. This is an earlier one. I just picked it because I particular. I think the writing in this one is particularly strong. Okay. If he were to pat you on the back, you would list it on your resume. Both sides of his pillow are cool. When in Rome, they do as he does. He is the most interesting man in the world. It's such a great... I don't always drink beer. But when I do, I prefer those sackies. It's it's such a fantastic uh, formula for the commercial, right? Each commercial has three little statements about him that are sort of along the lines of like the Chuck Norris jokes, right? Mm, Yeah, right. I think it's such a great formula. There's so many great little lines that have come from those commercials. Um, and uh, like, there's one I, I, we didn't play it, but, but there's one where he says he gave his father the talk, <laughs> you know, like it's such a, it's such a great little fun thing to write. It must be so fun to be like, okay, time for another most interesting man commercial. Like let's sit down in the writer's room and get this done. Um, and what I wanted to say about it, uh, well, it's a couple things I want to say about it. One, it is kind of like Cosmopolitan, which I think is a, a good a good comparison, it actually makes me want to buy the product. When I see Dos Equis mm. in, uh, in a store, I have a positive association in large part because of those mm-hmm. ads. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I wanted to note was that these ads were created by a guy named Lee Garfinkel. And this guy is a giant of advertising. He, wrote, he did the Cindy Crawford Pepsi commercial from uh, the early 90s. And it was that was a massive hit and it's still being parodied uh james corden the late night host uh recently did a parody of it where cindy crawford gets out of a sports car she's wearing like short shorts and a white tank top and she drinks a pepsi can while two boys look on open-mouthed um he also so he did that pepsi commercial which was massively famous and then he also did uh, or was some kind of creative force behind the Diet Coke construction worker commercial that we've talked oh, about? Oh yeah, with the, the with the sexy man. It's five o'clock. You know, it's, it's three o'clock. Or whatever. That's right. And the, those both have a kind of a similar feel to them, yeah. and they're for rival cola totally. companies. And they're around the same time, early nineties, right? Yeah, yeah. I think they were probably around the same time. The the Diet Coke might have even pre. No, I think it maybe it was post Pepsi. Anyway, it was it was right around the same time. Um, so this guy, Lee Garfinkel, has just had his hand in so many campaigns that you would recognize. And it doesn't surprise me that he is the creative force behind this most interesting man. All right. Well, let me talk about a commercial that um, I'm giving um, a total G's to. And it's a relatively new commercial that has been in pretty heavy rotation lately. It's for Juicy Fruit Gum. And it's these two guys, and they're in a fancy locker room. By the way, the type of locker room that I would love. It, it seems like they're in some sort of athletic club that I would love to belong <laughs> to. It's been a conversation we've been having a lot lately. Someday when I'm really rich, I'm going to belong to an athletic club that has a fancy locker room like this. But putting that aside for a moment, it's these uh, two kind of pastyish white guys in this fancy locker room. They're wearing nothing but uh, white towels, and they're just kind of, you know, doing their their post-workout um, cleanup or whatever. And they're talking with each other, and then they both take a piece of juicy fruit, and then because they're chewing their gum, I guess, they don't want to um, talk to each other anymore using their mouths, so they start talking to each other by making fart noises with their armpits like uh, if you're not following me here like that's not on you and for a change it's not on me either like the concept is broken i'm gonna play it for you hey nice game today oh thanks juicy fruit sure i'll try a peel 
To be clear, this is their armpits, not their butts. Yes. So sweet, you can't help but chew. So what happens when they start making those arm noises or those fart noises with their arms is the the one guy is saying, you cheated, right? And then it's giving you the kind of subtitle translation of what they're talking about and they're, uh, they're, they're post-morting their game using nothing but arm fart language. It's just, I don't know. Maybe, it's I guess I'm just a cranky old man. Like, I don't find it funny. No. I find it kind of gross and I just find the 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 concept maybe i mean i don't know maybe i'm talking myself out of it i mean i guess the concept is hey this gum tastes so good you're not going to want to kind of waste your mouth talking which i guess i can sort of get behind that but this is just no, off-putting to me don't don't give up on your original don't give up on your hate original hate here because i agree with you and it took me sitting here and watching it with you to and thinking about it about you know sort of thinking about how to describe it to to even understand what the what the point of the commercial was i've seen that commercial 50 mm. times and all i remember is like ugh these sort of gross hairy guys are naked in a locker room and doing armpit farts and nothing about it even i would have i could actually not have told you what the product was before we mm. looked it up although i could have described the ad and i have a total feeling of just it's just sort of a visceral distaste for it um, and I can tell you that when you are talking about any kind of food product or, you know, gum or anything like that, visceral distaste is not the operative emotion you want to drive with people. Like, it's just a failure. Like, it's not a good ad and it, it doesn't connect with the product in any meaningful way. And when it and where it does connect with the product, it's disgusting. Yeah. But in this case, I understand what you're saying about, like, not wanting to associate food with farts. But in this case, the product named is Juicy. Why wouldn't you want to have juicy farts connected to juicy fruit? Ugh. Like, it just adds another, like, Gross. you were just saying that you're in the bodega or whatever and you see Dos Equis and you think of the kind of... I use the word like lowercase s sexy idea of the most interesting yeah. man in the world and, th- and that kind of that that association you have it's with that universe, that, that glamorous yeah. world that they've uh, created. And in this one, am I supposed to be like kind of choosing between my gums or my mints or whatever? I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, the juicy fruit. The one to me, this is an example. And I like juicy fruit. If I'm going to buy a gum. Really? Yeah. No, I think it's 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 the best gum. No, it's not. What's the best? Really? Thing? I mean, juicy fruit. Uh, I think juicy fruit loses its taste kind of quickly. It's not. What is the taste of juicy fruit? It's not even really that minty, is it? I, no, I it's prefer, not minty. It's I, it's fruity. It's 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 juicy and it's fruity. Yeah. I, I, this uh, takes a product that I like and makes me less likely to buy it. To me, I think this is an ad campaign that is falling victim, and we could. Well, I guess we sort of did do a whole show on this, but we didn't really kind of talk about it from this angle. But, you know, we talk about all of the ads that are trying to be so hard to be weird these mm-hmm. days. You have the Old Spice ads, the Skittles ads. I mean, you could just go on and on and on. And some of them really say we want to be edgy and weird and kind of take that. The Mountain um, Dews. The, the Mountain Dews. The, yeah, the, the the baby dog. What is it? Baby monkey. Baby puppy. Puppy baby monkey. Puppy baby monkey. And for some products it works and for just some campaigns it works because of the way they're executed. But I'm seeing more and more products just try to be weird. And it almost reminds me, I know that you used to sit in meetings where, I hope I'm not talking out of school here, where somebody would say to you like, we need to create something that goes viral. And it's like a bunch of people sitting around a boardroom saying, how are we going to go viral? It's like, well, that's not exactly how virality works. Exactly. No, I I have been in many meetings where I've had a, a client or someone or a boss say, I'd like us to create a viral video. And I would always think silently to myself, wow, if I knew how to do that, I wouldn't have to work for you. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, and so I just sort of feel like we're in this mode where people are like, hey, I want you to make one of those weird commercials for me, right? And it's kind of like, oh, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And this just feels forced. So let's move on. Um, I Let's just um, let's close out with just one more cheese so that we can end on a happy note. And this one, um, I have very little to say about. It's actually a commercial from the uh, 80s, I think the mid-80s, and the only reason I know about this is, quick backstory here, our dear friend Phyllis Fletcher, who often joins us on the other podcast I work on, TBTL, um, uh, sent this to me because I was looking for, for some reason we don't have to get into, I was looking for good jingles, just good commercial jingles throughout time, not something that we've covered on the show, and she sent this one for uh, AMPM, which is like a, it's like a 7-Eleven oh, yeah. chain out here on the West Coast. I didn't have them growing up, did you? 
Well, I've certainly seen them, and I grew up on the East Coast, so if they're not an East Coast thing, I must have I must have seen them in travel. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not sure, but either way, um, AMPM is this chain of, of uh, Quickie Marts, and they had this commercial from the 80s uh, advertising their hot dogs, and it is just a jingle I'm going to play for you here. Is this... Where your love of hot dogs? Yes, this is a kind. Con- is this this the, is, is, are we at the origin story here? This is this isn't the origin story, but this plays into it. Like this is a combination of three things that I love: commercials, jingles, and hot dogs. And yeah. the animation is um, it reminds you of actually. You know what? I'm surprised it's from the '80s because it actually has a bit of a '90s feel to it. It's just kind of this funky animation, kind of kind of using some still photography, and then and, and, and is it like st- the beginning of the Ben Stiller show? It's a, it gives me that feel a little bit, but it takes like kind of static images and then moves them around kind of in a Monty Python kind of way, okay. but it's got this 90s sort of feel to it. Uh, but it's from 1985, and it uh, it's about hot dogs. I'm just going to play the jingle. What do you want when you're hungry for something that you really got to have? Like hot dogs. <laughs> from AMPM with mustard on the bun. Two hot dogs. <laughs> just 89 cents. AMPM is the one. Say hot dogs. Hot dogs. Hot dogs. Oh, say it one more time. When you buy the dogs, get a 12-ounce coat for just a one more dime. It's infectious. It is. I love I I, I love the, the the cheesy old school rapping. I love the um I that, love the animations and I, I just That's I'm a doing... rap that only the nineteen eighty six Bears could love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I probably got that year wrong. No, no, no. I think you're absolutely right. It's very much like the Super Bowl shuffle. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And so I love the music and I'm doing a horrible job of describing the animations, but the animations are, are fantastic. Well we'll certainly post it to the Facebook we page. We will as be ever. posting it to the Facebook page and and uh, let's leave it on that positive yet befuddling note and check in <laughs> with the ad council. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. Okay, Vives, I haven't even I haven't even peeked at the mailbag. You have a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, that you're going to present to us. I What's do. going on? You know, I, I wish we, could, we we have so much ad council every week, and I we're only getting to you know a tiny percentage of the things that people send in. I I don't say that to discourage anyone. I we love all the mail. I just I know that we're not reading everything that people post and send us and i just want everyone to know that we really appreciate everything even if we don't get to it let's do let's tell you what this next show that we do the one that we'll be posting next tuesday Mm -hmm. let's make that an all mail one. we've been threatening to do that for a while privately for a while so let's make our next show all all ad council so uh let's remind people quickly before we get into this week's how people can contact us we have uh after these messages show at gmail.com we're constantly checking the facebook page which is also after these messages show and we we get some voicemails i don't think we're going to play any today right but we do have a voicemail line it is 607-444-5597 yeah and we actually do we have some that we've been sitting on which we maybe we, we can play next week Definitely. in our in our all feedback show um so anyway getting getting back to this week um we have some sort of uh breaking news i would guess i would call it from uh listener nicole um, this is, you know, KFC, Colonel Sanders, Watch 2016. Uh, the New York Daily, this is from Nicole, N- the New York Daily News reports that actor David Allen Greer uh, may be the new Colonel Sanders. And uh, if you don't know who David hmm. Allen Greer is, he's an African-American actor. I think he kind of came, I don't know if he got his start exactly, but he certainly came to national prominence years and years ago uh, through, I believe, uh, in, living color? in Living Color. Yeah, uh, he, you know, he may be other known for other things now, but... Um, He's a comedic actor, and if, if true, uh, he would be the first African American Colonel Sanders. I mean, I sort of goes without saying. <laughs> Not to get into social politics, but it's it is kind of funny because I Colonel Sanders to me, I think they're doing a, actually kind of a good, intriguing job. They've really won me over with this new campaign of switching up the yeah, Colonel Sanders like like crazy. But I am also surprised that. They have stuck with the Colonel Sanders. I guess I'm half surprised because it's such an institution. You want to you want to play off that as much as possible. But in 2016, when you see somebody who's dressed like Colonel Sanders, like I just when, if you saw that character in a movie, you're going to assume that character's racist, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a sort of plantation owner right. vibe to it that's you know a little troubling. I don't think that was what the real Colonel Sanders was. No, that is and, true. And I, 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 I don't mean to impugn that. No, you are the, right. The actual. 
man in it, any way. I don't know anything about his politics. And can I just say, actually, you are right. I should I should clarify because we discussed this on the show when we were first talking about this new campaign, and I forgot that Colonel Sanders is a real guy. So mm-hmm. when I say that, I am not in any way saying that the real Colonel Sanders was racist. I forget that there really was a Colonel yeah. Sanders. But, I even now I forgot about that. I always think that Colonel Sanders was just this character right. that represented like an the uncle, chicken, Uncle Ben's rice. I right. don't know if there was ever a yeah, real right. Uncle Ben. Yeah. So anyway, that's just a quick uh, update on the the ongoing KFC saga. If that indeed does come to pass, uh, you will certainly hear about it here. Uh, moving on uh, from listener Heather, she wrote that she wrote in uh, listening to you talk about the bad local ad for uh, that mall, uh, meaning East Hills Mall that we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Made me remember it made me remember a truly terrible series of ads from back in my college days. I went to college in the early '90s in the Fargo Moorhead area of Minnesota, North Dakota. There was a steakhouse on the farthest edge of West Fargo called Smokies. The ads were a thing of legend. So terrible, so stupid, so weird. They blew our little collegiate minds. <laughs> did the ads work? Well, we did finally make the trek out to the far, far edge of West Fargo. And darn it if they didn't make one heck of a good steak. But their ads were terrible. The restaurant has since closed because Smokey, the bald dude in the ads, has passed away. So I do want to play this ad. Okay, I have not, again, I have not seen this. It's, it's objectively terrible. Doc? I have this problem. What is this problem? I'm too indecisive. For example? When I go to Smokey's of West Fargo, I can't decide whether I want their gray steaks, prime rib, barbecue ribs, or seafood. You know, <laughs> they were voted years running to, to have the best in the FM area and all these items. Where are you going? Smokey's! <laughs> oh well, what about me? Who cares? Smokies <laughs> brings back the good old days. Oh I, my god! I love that they have Smokey, uh, the guy doing the voice, doing the the main speaking there, who sounds like he is reading English phonetically. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, smoke. You know, Smokies is a second language. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is phenomenal. Yeah, I'm trying so. to figure out. Like, they definitely <laughs> like saved a lot of money on the acting, the lighting, the audio, yeah. the. Sc- Ripped. So I the well, you, know, you know what the good news is? They put all that money right back into the food. She said so it was good, a heck of good a good thing. So thanks, listener Heather. This is from listener Ian, and he wrote, "This is sort of apropos of nothing." But he wrote, "I have long been haunted by a Smokey the Bear PSA I saw way oh, back in the late seventies or early eighties." I know this one. I think. yeah. Well, it reminded us. So I'll I'll, I'll play the one Ian sent in, and then I'll talk about why it caught our attention. Uh, I didn't remember it as a Smokey the Bear PSA or having anything to do with forest fires. I only remembered the shocking, at least to my young mind, imagery at the end. So will you play this ad and then we'll talk a little bit about why it's so terrifying. And then I want to play another terrifying Smokey the Bear mm-hmm. ad. Oh, okay. So this isn't the one that I no, immediately no, this thought is, of. No, this okay. is the one that Ian sent us. When I was your age, Pumpkin, there were trees everywhere. But people got careless. And every year they started forest fires. Can I just say that all we see so far is a pair of dusty shoes. One apparently belonging to the old man who's talking and a pair of dusty shoes that clearly belong to a little girl. And they're just walking across a barren desert Like landscape. a hard pan desert. Yes. All the trees burned down and the birds died. Because without trees, there's no air. So everything dies. Grandpa... I wish I could bring back the trees for you. Ah! Yeah. At the end, it pans ah! up, and you just see the old man and the little girl wearing gas masks. Oh, and then the camera pans out, and you see they are just in the middle of a desert, and just he a, picks her up. Just a desert hellscape is what Earth has become. Wow. That is, I think, it scarier than the one I intense. saw. Intense. Oh, my God. Hold on. I just put out a cigarette outside before. Let me go make sure that it's out. Yeah, you want to go get put that out? (laughs) Yeah, holy cow. I know. It's like like, uh, Cormac McCarthy's The Road. It is. It really does. It's like a dystopic future. It is really frightening. I mean, I honestly, like, they don't make them like they used to. That is a scary ad. I see you have a note here. This this is the one that I was thinking of. This is um, uh, an ad where it's an actress who I don't. It's Joanna Cassidy. Yeah, Am I she's to kind know of. Who that is? I don't know, but I mean, I think she was a sort of quasi 
no well-known actress back in the 70s who's i guess i guess the point of this ad if i remember correctly is she's kind of easy on the eyes yes. in a very 70s kind of way i mean it just shows her face and she's wearing a collared shirt but you get the impression that the the the, the reason this commercial exists is because she is kind of a sex symbol yeah i think so she sort of has like a farrah fawcett quality right to good her. yes 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 so why don't you play it, but then we'll explain why it's actually terrifying. Okay, so we fade uh, up from black onto uh, Joanna Cassidy. I know a place that's peaceful and quiet. A place where animals play. It's called a forest, but every year we start forest fires. A careless match, a cigarette, and poof, fire. So the next time you're in the forest, be extra careful, Okay. <laughs> it it always me, gets me. Would you have listened? So what happens? I'm sorry, is, I talked over. No, the, it's the fine. Key line. What happens is uh, when her when her voiceover stops, she does that sort of like Mission Impossible pulling the mask off of her face. Right. But the way it's shot, and I will post this to the Facebook page, and I strongly recommend that you take a look at it, but do it during the daytime. <laughs> Make sure your kids aren't you around. You see her, so she pulls off this Joanna mask, and it, she becomes a sort of uh, animated Smokey the Bear, uh, who says, if you had known it was me, would you have listened, I guess, meaning... You know, if you if it would if a sexy lady wasn't telling you this, would right. you have listened to this very important message? The the way they show her pulling off the mask, it for a moment it looks like she has sort of like a grinning skull or yes. something. Yes, it's like under. it's like a two frame flash. It is real. I know it sounds like such a minor thing, but it is really horrifying. I don't know what in the world they were thinking when they were doing creating this effect, but it is not good. And then after that quick flash of that weird skull like image then you it's like more of a cuddly kind yeah of, it uh, reminds me actually Smokey of the bear the, the the image for just a second looks like that scary rabbit and donnie darko oh yeah 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 all right i think we have uh i think we maybe have time for one more yeah we've got one more here that i wanted to to bring up and this is just a quick one from listener rob um who <laughs> says that uh okay you guys are officially ruining my facebook feed mm. you know how stuff you shop for on amazon now follows you on other websites through cookies I had Googled one of the items mentioned in the show two weeks ago, uh, and the two weeks ago uh, we had Libby Dankman on, and we had her do some impromptu ads <laughs> for products, including truck nuts. Right. Um, so now, and this is Rob, now my Facebook feed is filled with flesh-colored truck nuts from promoted Amazon ads and all of their veiny glory. Oh, God. And we should point out that like the actual uh, copy that you had pulled from the website advertised them as being realistically veiny, yes. which is disgusting. Now, do you think that Rob just wanted to check out how realistic the veins were? Or do you think that it never even occurred to me that there are some lucky people out there who don't know what truck nuts are? I don't know. It's a mystery. Maybe maybe Rob's just a pervert. You know what? Let's end on that note. (laughs) Come on, Rob. (laughs) You disgust me. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. All right, Vs, let's leave it there for today. Let's remind people once again, you can go to After These Messages Show uh, on Facebook.com or After These Messages Show at Gmail if you want to send us a send us an email. We also have a voicemail line. 607-444-5597. Uh, reminder, next week's show is all you guys. So uh, send them in, call them in. Uh, leave them on the Facebooks and we will try to get to as much as we can. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. That'll be fun. All right, Veeves, uh, just for this show, I just want you to know I give you a cheese. Aww. A cheese for Veeves. A cheese for you, Andrew. <laughs> All right, everybody, we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Hey man, ice cream scooping in. You can